football podcast um we are your hosts i'm uh, mason paws i am jake nagy and we're here to uh, guide you through an audio journey the likes of which you have never experienced before in your life um yeah so this is this is just us this is uh really just our opportunity to to talk to to chat about things uh jake how you feeling about the season i am feeling hyped mason after coming in second place last season it's time for vengeance. Uh, I feel like Sean McVay just been cooking in my uh, my anger and my revenge and my bitterness all off season uh, to come and take the throne from you. So I hope that you are cradling the trophy nicely at this moment because 365 days from now, it'll be in my arms. So yeah, that's all I got to say. That's bold confidence, and I like yeah. it. Um, yeah, I feel pretty good. I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about the season. I'm really just excited to get started. Um, yeah, it's nice to see that trophy up on my mantle uh, day in and day out. Um, and yeah, we'll see if anybody has the cojones to come take it from me. Well, uh, speaking of uh, cojones, I just wanted to give a special shout out to uh, Chase Darst and Jake Davis, who uh, just went out on a limb with probably the, the coldest take I've ever seen in my life. Um, we will be featuring Jake Davis in an interview uh, later in this podcast uh mason is going to continue on with that interview against my will i wanted to cancel it after jake davis said that in and out is trash but mason insists that we still bring him on so yeah yeah rules are rules man rules are rules and hey yeah. i mean i'm i'm on the in and out train but Thank we also you. want you know completely incorrect and misguided opinions to be voiced on this pod too like uh yeah, the in and out isn't the best burger you've ever had that's fair um, but so basically what we're working with is um, uh, just uh, a pod that's going to be, I think, uh, for, for both of us, um, is uh, something that we're excited about. Um, and then also is something that uh, especially we wanted to keep focused on other league members, um, thoughts, strategies, things like that. Like we didn't want to you know, talk about every single player, um, yeah. every single stat, because you, know, you can go and get your own content for that. But this is more about us and the podcast. Um, we're hoping to keep it light, you know, make fun of people, like just have fun, um, bring people on and just have a good time. Um, and other than that, Jake, do you have any other thoughts about what we're uh, envisioning for the pod? Yeah, like you said, uh, going to have a focus on Sunday's Finest, the uh, premier fantasy football league in the U.S. of A. And uh, really, uh, if you want to be featured on the podcast, we would love to have you on. We're looking to probably have about... Uh, roughly eight episodes this season. So um, we're going to be reviewing the keeper and draft order reveal uh, in this first episode. We'll do one uh, probably post-draft before the season begins. We'll obviously have quite a bit of content during the season um, as the playoffs roll around. And of course, uh, a postseason pod and uh, uh, awards review at the end of the season. So if you want to hop in, give us your two cents, uh, hit Mason or I up, and we would love to have you on the pod. Yeah, well said. Um, well, the format for the pod is going to be simple. Generally, we don't want to keep it super long. And so the ideal is that Jake and I will be talking about things for about 20, 30 minutes, maybe a little bit less. Um, and then hopefully we'll bring on somebody for an interview for another 20, 30 minutes. So all told anywhere from, you know, 40 to 60 minutes for the pod, um, which, yeah, uh, we'll love to hear your feedback on. So um, uh, any other thoughts before we dive right in? 
I think I'm ready, Mason. How about a little uh, best keeper, worst keeper, hot takes? What do you got? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I mean, I mean, I have to say, like, I, I don't think this is a super hot take, but I just, I think it's probably the the right one, and it's just that the best keeper is is Saquon Barkley. Um, I mean, you look at what the man did last year, and that was his first year in the league. Um, you only can imagine that he goes up. He doesn't really have a lot of miles on his legs. He could catch somewhere close to a hundred balls this year, which is literally just a hundred <laughs> free points in our league. It's wild. Um, and you know, I mean, he's playing with Dink and Dunky like Manning. And if he gets benched, you know, Daniel Jones and the amazing talent that he is, I'm sure that that Saquon will be leaned on very heavily. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think Saquon is definitely uh, he's up there as as one of the the best players coming into the season. I do think there's a little bit of potential uh, for a a David Johnson ish 2019 oh. season. Um, you know, when you have a a, a potentially a battle between an old, uh, washed-up QB and a young, inexperienced QB, uh, a weak offensive line, it can hurt. And like you said, he could catch up to 100 balls this season. They're going to be leaning on him almost completely. But, uh, you know, I think some of that, uh, he, he might catch a lot of balls. But I don't know if his yardage and his touchdowns will be as high as projected. Um, I mean, I'm probably going to look like an idiot about five weeks in the season when he's breaking <laughs> records, but um, I'm not going to just say unanimously he's he's the best pick. I think uh, your selection of Christian McCaffrey, he's going to have a pretty incredible season as well. Um, we'll see. I mean, I think part of this is starting to get really interesting. Uh, Zeke is now potentially holding out. Michael Thomas holding out. Melvin Gordon holding out. Um, that's nearing 25% of the keepers in our league. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Like, uh, Riley mentioned Le'Veon maybe started something last year and, mm-hmm. uh, provided him with quite a headache throughout the 2018 season. So we'll see how that, uh, takes shape, but I'm gonna yeah. have to say, uh, man, worst keeper. Oh man. Um, honestly, I think more than ever this season, there's, there wasn't like one, that really stood out as bad in my mind. I think there's been a couple seasons where it seemed like one person got screwed and didn't really right. have anybody. Um, right. When I'm looking oh, yeah. at it, I th- oh. <laughs> yeah, we won't we won't name any names, but um, we will name names. Uh, I think, man, I I I don't know. Antonio Brown could be a bust in my mind. Sorry, Alex. Um, he's 32 coming into this season. Yeah. He's yeah, we'll have to see how things take shape with the Raiders. Um, but I think it's always worth noting when a guy changes teams, uh, he could improve a little bit. But I think more often than not, uh, it takes some time for him to adjust. So he might be my, I don't want to say worst keeper because he's not a bad keeper, but maybe just the least good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head. I mean, there's not really a bad keeper in this bunch. There's there's nobody that's really outside the top 15 overall in most analysts' ranks. Um, and I mean, like there's even a couple guys that have been titled as, you know, sleepers or whatever, but, um, I think, yeah, I mean, AB's up there for me, for me, honestly, just with all the holdouts, it's, it's gotta be whoever, you know, holds out for the longest. Yeah. I, they could all, you know, snuff out tomorrow and sign deals. But the thing is, is like, it's the uncertainty that kills you. Cause I think there's a very real scenario, right. That like, Andrew and also Trent are faced with come draft day, you know, their keepers still holding out mm-hmm. and you don't know if they're going to hold out for a week and get signed. And then you're going to like, you know, have your keeper back or if they're going to hold out for the whole season, like Le'Veon did. And I feel like that's like, you know, unique to Le'Veon's situation yeah. at the same time. Like, yeah, there's a lot of uncertainty there. So for me, it's, it's just whoever go like goes through with their holdout for the longest because um, yep. you're losing the most games there. Kind of a cop out answer, but you know, like I said, they're not, <laughs> They're not super bad keepers. Yeah. What, I, what I'm interested in is uh, whether these guys who have a, a keeper who's holding out will end up taking a handcuff earlier in the draft than they probably should as insurance, mm-hmm. um, wasting a spot that they could have had a better talent. Or, um, I mean, we saw James Conner get picked late in the draft last year and then get right. traded multiple times, <laughs> yeah. thinking that Le'Veon would come back and... I think we all underestimated his value. So what I'm curious about, and maybe I shouldn't say this to give away some strategy, but I'm curious if other guys will end up drafting those handcuffs earlier in hopes that they're stealing the 2019 version of James Conner. So yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, very muddy situations. You know, it'll it'll all become clear as the as the season comes out. But right now, it's about as uh, as blurry as uh, Andrew's date's vision was the night of uh, Jake Davis's wedding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! Wasn't there. So I'm gonna say yeah. no comment. But hey, uh... <laughs> I'll, I'll give shouts out to Andrew though. He totally owned it and had probably one of the group me posts of the year, in my opinion. After the after the night, very nice lady. But yeah, yes, she got yes. a little lost. Uh, speaking um, of speaking of um, some great group me contributions, Mason, I think that this might be the time to introduce one of our new segments yeah. into the podcast. Okay, and um, and that segment is uh, the Blue Ribbon Award in honor of our alma mater, uh, Christian Academy of Louisville. Uh, we are going to be doing a Blue Ribbon Award each episode during the podcast, which is. Um, a very special award that has absolutely no significance whatsoever. Mm. Uh, so this could go to the person who has the highest scoring player on their bench during the week. Uh, it could go <laughs> to someone who, you know, uh, is a great contributor to the group. Me, unfortunately that's not worth anything in fantasy football. Yeah. So the first winner of the blue ribbon 2019 season goes to Jacob Morris for number one, introducing the Mematic app into the group. Me. Uh, there's been some fire content Special. coming from Jacob. Yes, Special. and number two, Jacob is also a staunch defender of in and out against the uh, uh, just, I don't know what to say, unintelligent, uninformed, uh, simpleton <laughs> views of some of the other members in our league. Yeah, that's very good. I'm looking forward to that segment, honestly. When you when you told me about it, I was like, that's, that's genius. It couldn't be more genius. Um, so yeah, congrats to Jacob Morris for that um you want to move on to more talk about keeper stuff yeah let's do it man tell me what do you think are some of the more interesting keeper decisions obviously i think riley and jake davis Mm -hmm. uh probably had two of the the harder decisions on their hands um our our decision was a bit tough also so maybe give me your thoughts on jake and riley to start yeah yeah i mean i think we'll hear from jake himself later this pod so i don't want to you know take away from his thoughts but i think i think riley you know for me i think he got it right um You know, I mean, I think that there's like different takes on OBJ and how he's going to do in a new offense. But I think the thing is that you can't you can't bet against the talent that he brings and the explosiveness. You you can talk about, you know, maybe he won't get as much usage because there's a fair amount of mouths to feed in that offense. But I think I know. I mean, Baker was good last year and he could take another step this year. Um, and, and besides that, there's a lot of risk there in Le'Veon Bell for me as well. Like as like Connor's got a lot of mileage on his legs after last year and was hurt. And there's also, you know, Jalen Samuels to take receptions away from him. Um, so yeah, I think, I think he made a good decision and kudos to him. What about you? Yeah, I I think he made the right decision also. Um, I mean, looking at Le'Veon, it's just so hard, honestly, (laughs) To, to gauge where he's going to be at with the Jets. Um, you know, Adam Gase uh, didn't want him apparently, and now he's on the team. Now he's also the GM. So I think it's just New York is a mess, and uh, it's hard to, to say. O- Odell's probably a more sure thing, which is kind of crazy to say, considering Odell's one of the least sure things when it comes to superstars <laughs> in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, I saw he created a YouTube channel this week. Um, so we'll see whether that is a, a distraction or not for him. Maybe since he's a, a content creator now, he'll, he'll want to come on the Sunday's finest pod yeah. and, uh, yeah, we'll, maybe we'll have him on real quick. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you tell me, you see that Adam Gase has started doing his news conferences with his hat down over his eyes because <laughs> of how much he got made fun of from the, yeah. <laughs> from the cocaine video. Yeah, that uh, that was a struggle, man. Um, you know, I, I, uh, I think that we've all been there and been in a uh, an interview where we're a little bit nervous. But um, yeah, I don't know where his eyes were roaming or what was going on inside his brain. But uh, yeah, even my six month old puppy doesn't uh, roam her head around like that. So I, I don't really know what's going on, man. But yeah, very good. <laughs> Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on more interesting keeper decisions? You said that yours was a bit was a bit tougher. Um, yeah. Words on that? Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, Hopkins is probably in most people's minds one of the top two receivers coming into this uh, this year with uh, Devonte Adams being the other. Uh, but you know, I mean, Kelsey put up pretty elite numbers. I mean, I think there's a pretty 
clear top three when it comes to tight ends uh, in fantasy right now. But even then, I think he might be in a tier of his own. And, um, you know, we were monitoring the Tyreek situation, as I'm sure Chase was also. Uh, Let's see how that would affect his production. Mahomes obviously put up just unbelievable numbers. Um, But I think at the end of the day, Nuke was probably the the right choice. Um, And, you know, Ryan and I deliberated a little bit, but after all, our team is named after him, so yeah, uh, we didn't want to go. You know, I, I don't know. Jake Davis has got to come up with a whole new team name now, so <laughs> I, I just didn't feel like I had enough energy to go through with that. So I think yeah. that's probably why we kept uh, Hopkins. <laughs> Takes a lot of thought power. Yeah, I mean, I think kudos to you guys as well. I think that's you know probably where you, you want to spend your money. You, you definitely had a, a great team last year. I think like Mahomes is hard to turn down as electric as he was, but yeah. I, I, you don't know if like his historic pace is is so sustainable. Um, and I think just like Nuke is gives you that consistency week in week out that you want. Yep. Um, so yeah, I mean I, I think that it's going to be another exciting season with him. Um, um, let's see, any other thoughts on on where people went with their keepers or where they might go if you know holdouts or anything like that keeps lengthening? Yeah, I mean I I think when you take a look at um, Zeke. Gordon Thomas, like uh, like we talked about today in the group, me. I think that Michael Thomas is probably the most likely to get locked up quickly. Uh, Saints are Super Bowl contenders, possibly the favorites in the NFC. They're not going to let that go on too long. The one that's interesting to me is Melvin Gordon. Um, Again, I I can't see Jerry Jones not giving Zeke his money. Uh, But the Chargers are uh, currently playing in an MLS stadium. They yeah. are like, I don't even want to say little brother. They're basically like the step cousin of the family in LA. <laughs> um, and uh, there's some questions there about ownership and whether they're going to give him that money. And I think Zeke is what Zeke is to the Cowboys, both uh, and on the field and off the field. I mean, you have to lock him up. I think Gordon could, could have more of a, a Le'Veon like road. Um, maybe doesn't hold out all season, but I could see it going a couple, a couple weeks in. And um, yeah, we'll have to see whether Andrew decides to to stick it out with him or mm-hmm. goes with like Freeman, Brandon Cooks. Um, yeah, yeah. It's tough. He's gonna have to have ner- nerves of steel. I think, yeah. like you said, though, you know his his other potential keepers don't really bother me. You know, they're not yeah. as good as Gordon, and they don't have his like touchdown ceiling or his usage. But like you know, I mean, Devonta Freeman's been solid, nothing but consistent, um, aside from injuries since he's coming into the league. I mean, Brandy Cooks. A lot of people have him as a top ten, top twelve receiver. Um, and then, you know, you don't, you don't love keeping a quarterback, but you can lock one up. That's, you know, one of the best in the league with Deshaun Watson. So he has places to go. Uh, I don't think that like, you know, he's going to be absolutely screwed, but like I said, like the, it's the, it's the, the uncertainty that really kills you. Cause you know, if he chooses to keep him and then he holds out for three, four weeks, that's three or four weeks. That's your top pick. So yeah, he's going to need to cash in on Austin Eckler real quick. Yeah. I think Trent might be in a tougher position, frankly, uh, if, if something does uh, happen with Zeke and he doesn't get a contract because I think Aaron Jones is probably <laughs> really the only real option he's got uh, besides yeah. Zeke. Uh, but again, I, I'm, I'm expecting that that um, doesn't get strung out too long, although Zeke has had the... Uh, he has had the uh, limelight on him a few times for not so great reasons, and yeah. uh, he went to Ohio State, so he didn't receive a great education. Can't, <laughs> can't uh, imagine he knows what he's doing negotiating a contract. So, yeah, he was literally coached by a man who like has to be restrained from the coaching office <laughs> and doesn't have his personal priorities sorted out right. So, yeah, who knows? Speaking I mean, of I, uh, yeah, smack I, I talk, right. sorry, say that again. Yeah. Speaking of smack talk, I don't know if any of y'all saw. Jim Harbaugh dropping some some heat against Urban Meyer, saying that controversies followed him everywhere he goes. I mean, yes, we have lost to Ohio State like basically every year for ten years, but um, it, it's nice to see nice to see Harbaugh bringing some some serious uh, spice into the rivalry. And yeah. Uh, yeah, man, we'll see how the college football season goes. Maybe we'll save that for another pod, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe a different pod. Maybe we'll save it for when Michigan doesn't get blown out in their last game of the season by whoever they're playing. How did Arkansas do last year? (laughs) 
<laughs> I was waiting for that. Oh man, it's not important. It's not important now. Arkansas did. We're moving on. Um, any other thoughts? So uh, I think I have in my notes here something I wanted to talk about real quick. Just a little, little spice on it. What's your thoughts on a, a sleeper keeper? Like we said, I think you know all of these keepers are are pretty good, and no one's going to sneak up on anybody. But 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 who do you like to maybe come out of the back of the pack that not people don't really have their eyes on early? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Mixon definitely has some potential to have an explosion this year. I think this is his, his uh, third year in the league. Um, his second or third year in the league? I want to say it's his third. I, yeah. I have to check that. But this is kind of the point in which uh, a running back is going to, I think, kind of hit his peak probably this next year or two. And um, I could see him putting up some monster numbers. Um, and then I would say there's a lot of conversation right now between um who's at the top and that that top echelon of running backs but honestly i think that um steph has an absolute stud in Devonte adams mm-hmm. uh i think that adams could put up some historic numbers this season rogers is pissed off there's been so much controversy about him this offseason i think he's going to come out just slinging it <laughs> and uh uh you know he he likes his his main guy i think adams could put up some some pretty huge numbers yeah and, uh, i think yeah, Steph is looking for for a breakout season. I think he might have his guy in Devonte Adams. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, like the touchdowns really come with Devonte Adams, and you keep thinking they're going to regress just because touchdowns are not as reliable with wide receivers, but they just keep coming with that yeah. man. Um, and yeah, I mean, like you said, I think that yeah, they freaking sling it, and Aaron Rodgers changes the play at the line every single time to yeah. to all goes because they just they just hate running the ball in Green Bay, no matter what. Like, does it matter? They could freaking have Adrian Peterson on their roster and like the best lineman in the world. And Aaron Rodgers would just change it to slants and stick and things like that because he just loves playing playground ball. Um, Not saying I'm bitter at him for like knocking out the Cowboys a couple years ago or anything. But yeah, I mean, that's basically what happened. Yeah. When you look at target share, too, I mean, he had 169 targets last year, Adams, which uh, I believe was only Julio Jones had 170 um so literally he's one away from having the most targets last season and thinking that that could increase is pretty wild so it's pretty wild because randall cobb left too yeah Yeah. um yeah you know just speaking on what we talked about it's joe mixon's second season so yeah another another reason to like him because he doesn't have as much miles on those legs and i mean i don't think the Bengals are going to be good but you can't hate their offense like andy dalton is at least like decent and aj green is whatever you want to say about him, at least above average. So, you know, yeah. there's, there's other weapons to, to help him flourish as well. Yeah. Looking at Mixon, I'm, I'm, uh, he had 237 carries last year, which I think is about fourth or fifth in the league. Um, you know, only behind the guys like Zeke, McCaffrey, uh, Gurley, who, you know, a number of those guys are going to drop down a bit. The interesting thing on Mixon, is he only had one receiving touchdown last season and only 296 yards receiving. Yeah. So if he's able to bump that up, I, I'm with you 100%. I think he could have a, a real boost, specifically in our PPR league. Yeah, absolutely. Good things. Um, yeah, I think that's kind of all I have on just keeper topics or talking points. Um, yeah. You want to move on to, to talking about the draft? Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, give me some thoughts on the draft order. Um, who do you feel is best positioned between their keeper and the pick that they hold? Thinking about it's a 14-team league. It's a deep draft. Uh, who do you feel like is best positioned between who they're keeping and where they're picking? Yeah, so, I mean, you know, things pretty much follow the script that, have, that they've followed uh, in the last few years. Um, and, and as such, I think, you know, you, you have to like Jake's chances to be positioned the best, you know, yeah. he's got, I mean, if Michael Thomas doesn't hold out, probably one of the better keepers towards, towards the top half of that. Um, yeah. and I think also, um, he's got, you know, the number one pick, which, which because our league is so deep, um, and because you have to draft like so far back in each round, you know, he can get a significant bump on his second player over the back of the first round, which you, you yeah. just you always have to like that. Yeah. Um, but 
I will say, I will, will say that this is the first draft where I had an opportunity to pick high and seriously considered dropping back Same. because <laughs> I think the front half while like full of the more talented players is full of a lot of question marks yep. and that's you know Le'Veon Bell and a new offense that's Todd Gurley with arthritic knees that's Juju while he was great last year can he like be the true feature wide receiver you know there's question marks around James Conner Devin Cook yep. anybody else that you can say in the front half of the first round yep. makes me a little scared um, while they can, you know, maybe have the highest ceiling, I honestly kind of like the back half of the draft mm-hmm. um, and being able to pick late in the first round and then get early, get good value in the second. Um, yeah. Any you thoughts mentioned on that? John, yeah, you mentioned John and Jacob in the notes as two guys, and I agree completely. I think they might end up with the scariest, the scariest teams at the start of the season. Um, I mean, with, a, with such a deep league, there's no, there's no weak weak link in this league Um, everybody knows what they're doing they've played fantasy football for years so you've really I think got to capitalize on your superstars and I think Kamara and Saquon Barkley are probably the two best players coming into the season and those two are going to get still probably a stud at the end of the first round and another star at the beginning of the second round and um, they those I mean I'm, I'm looking at the the top 20 players right now that are probably going to be available and to think that those guys could walk away with something like, you know, uh, Kamara and a wide receiver pair of Stefan Diggs and Amari Cooper, or, you know, have uh, Dalvin Cook or a Fournette to pair with Saquon or Kamara. And then a, another very solid wide receiver one is it's pretty terrifying, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think like the guys that are typically going in the back half of our first round are guys like, Mark Cooper, Zach Ertz, uh, T.Y. Hilton, Nick Chubb, like all those are guys that, you know, they're not going to blow your doors off and be totally elite, but there's there's very solid consistency there. And yep. then the front end of the second round, too, you know, you have guys like like Julian Edelman, A.J. Green, Brandon Cooks. These are all guys that, again, have that, you know, maybe not blow your doors off, like when you, you're weak kind of upside, but like yep. really solid consistency. So you really combine those things with the – with the elite keepers that John and Jacob have. And yeah, yep. I mean, I think you're, you're looking at pretty dangerous teams, but yeah, I mean, as, as is the, the traditional saying in fantasy, you never know. It's true. Yeah. And honestly, like you mentioned, this is probably the first time I've been like, Whoa, what I prefer to pick at the back of the first <laughs> round, because like you mentioned, some of the top guys that are going to be available, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley, James Connor, you know, these running backs who could be a top five score in fantasy football this season, they could also turn into a massive bust in yeah. the season. And you're not picking again until the end of the second round, which is hypothetically something like, you know, for you probably 38, 39 off the board. Yeah. It's like 41 off the board for us. I mean, that's pretty deep, man. And yeah. that that's, that's my worry. Uh, so We'll see how it all takes shape, but uh, yeah, I think John and Jacob are both uh, primed pretty well, which, uh, yeah, man, we'll see how it goes. For sure. Um, Yeah, I think uh, on the other end of the spectrum, just look at the draft order here. You know, I don't think anybody's poorly positioned, but also kind of like giving the opposite view of what we were just saying, like shining the other light on that, the light on the other side of the coin. Um, so like Connor, for instance, you know, he has the last pick and we talked about the value that can be found in the back half of the first and then also yeah. in the front end of the second. But the thing is, is you really, I mean, you want it, you want studs. Um, and yeah, I mean, like Julio's great. Don't get me wrong, but I, I, I don't know. I still think he's kind of like middle of the board on the yeah. keepers. Maybe I think he's, he's of the 14, you know, probably like seven or seven or eight for me he's of the third. keepers we have. 30 years old turns 31 during the season so yeah which isn't as much of an issue for receivers you know i mean receivers play well into their 30s and don't really miss a step but the thing is is yeah i mean like unless julio starts getting used in the red zone like they always say he's got you know a decent keeper but he also doesn't pick 14 picks into our draft which like you know his next best player other than julio could be adam thielen yeah, <laughs> AJ Green, Nick Chubb. Again, these guys that aren't going to win you your week. They're going to be like definitely solid players. But I don't know. Yeah. It's just like it, it. It worries me capping Connor's upsides. Any thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I, I would agree. I think Connor's the one that I, I, would, I would not be thrilled to be in his shoes. I think Alex is another one, um, you know, picking 10 with Antonio Brown. Um, I think there's a big question there, too, of uh, for those guys both having a wide receiver, do you, do you double up on running backs um, or do you take best player available? And if best player available is not a running back, you're looking at, you know, one of your starting running backs not coming until, I mean, you're looking at something in the 50s or early 60s for a guy who could be RB2 in your lineup. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's, uh, that's a little rough, man. So, not pretty. Not pretty. No, no, we'll see how it shakes out for him. Yeah, for sure. But, I mean, you can, I think, have success from anywhere in the draft. And we've shown that time and time again. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's all that we have, just us two. But um, uh, now we're going to try and move to the, the second part of the pod. Um, we're going to have... Uh, beloved um, league member Jake Davis onto the pod and uh, ask him a few questions just about his thoughts on keepers and just whatever else is going on in his life. You want to bring him on, Jake? Let's do it. Jake Davis, how are you, my friend? Yes, sir. Doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. This is exciting. Exciting times. Yeah, man. Uh, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I wanted to cancel our interview after your garbage take about in and out. You know, we're we're all about uh, the diversity of opinions here. So even though you're wrong, we'll we'll still let you come on the show. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So we'll. Uh, I mean, if you don't mind, just want to. We'll we'll give the people what they want and start with a with a question. Um, yeah. So I, I want you to, in uh, three words, describe your latest poop. Three words, latest poop. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me think about this. This is important. This is what yeah. you prepared to talk about, didn't you? Exactly. Yeah, the important yeah exactly. Uh, this is going to be a little bit more than three words, but... In the last hour. Nice. <laughs> Very awesome. good. Yeah. I thought it was going to be, it's happening currently. So. <laughs> right now. Perfect. Just two words. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I'm feeling good. Ready for the, ready for the podcast. Good. Nice. Good stuff. Well, yeah. So, I mean, before we get started on the, on the meat of it, tell us, um, uh, how's, uh, how's being married? Uh, it's been awesome, man. It's, uh. Definitely all it's cracked up to be. I mean, what it comes down to when it's like plain and simple, I get to see much more of my favorite person and experience life with her in all new ways, you know, get to serve her in ways that are not possible when you're not married. So, yeah, yeah, it's been incredible. There's been um, like obviously some adjustments and things Um, going into marriage. I thought it would be way easier like we would just have so much time and like that wouldn't be an issue anymore and Mm -hmm. like it turns out when you're married you're still really busy and you still (laughs) have to be super intentional with like making sure there's time actually spent together and not just like doing normal household stuff but actually like sitting down and getting to talk to her and all that so that's something we've kind of been navigating through especially uh, with her working nights and all that, we're still getting that figured out. But yeah, it's been incredible. Yeah, freak yeah, love yeah. to hear that. Yeah, yep. she's she's having to get adjusted to um, just how much you really actually dedicate your time to the league. I'm sure that's probably <laughs> yeah. She hasn't had to fully experience that yet, but it's all right. <laughs> we've been uh, we've been together for a while now, so she's already seen the the good and bad of fantasy football. Love it. <laughs> Let me let me ask you this though. Ha, have you mock drafted yet? Oh yeah. Freak yeah. <laughs> Plenty of mock drafts. Let me ask yeah, you this. Yeah. What what did Hannah think about the uh, Michael Thomas versus Todd Gurley debate? Did she have any any two cents on that? I I talked to her about it a little bit. She was definitely shocked the way I decided to go, but no. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, man. Speaking of uh, of marriage and fantasy football. Uh, my wife, her favorite player is Todd Gurley. So when yep. I told her that uh, that Gurley might be available, I mean, you could obviously you could draft Gurley number one and have both of your guys. Yeah, uh, but uh, she was pretty hyped to hear he might be available, and and I might I might be sleeping on the couch if I don't pick Gurley. So I got to talk. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, yeah, I mean, we can get into it a little bit more if y'all, I don't know. Yeah, take us into it, man. Talk, talk us through it. Yeah, so obviously, I mean, Todd Gurley's been my guy. He's, I mean, he led me to my championship. Um, I mean, for most of the last year, he was absolutely the best player in fantasy football by a wide margin. Um, yeah. So it was a very tough decision. Um, obviously, my heart wanted to go with him, but at the end of the day, it came down to, I feel like, especially with a keeper and the way our league is, you can do much more to hurt yourself with a keeper than um, keeping a guy that's safe. And there were just so many yeah. question marks with Gurley. And Michael Thomas, I just felt like, was super safe. There's not nearly as many question marks. Um, I mean, that team should be pretty much the same. Yeah. He's been super healthy and I think still getting better. So I was just so afraid of uh, something going south with Gurley and it could tank my season before it even started. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I, think that's, I, I think that's good. I mean, we talked about earlier on the pod and you'll get to hear it just like about how, how risk is important to avoid in, in the first yep. round. And yeah, I mean, I think Michael Thomas is, you know, as safe as they come. Yep, exactly. And that's what it came down to for me. I think the range of outcomes is just so much wider with Gurley. And obviously, I mean, if he comes out and it's like, oh, this knee thing and turned out to be nothing, he could be like close to the same as last year, even with a little bit less volume. So yeah, man. could come back to bite me, but he could also, you know, not play half the season or something. All right, now, important question for you, uh, and I'm going to be honest, I think this probably played into our keyword decision a little bit, is you got to change your team name now. Yes. Uh, so so you, got any, you got anything cooking up in the kitchen for team names for the 2019 season? You know, I'll probably have to, I guess, wait and see how the rest of my team pans out. Fair, fair. Um, I don't know. It is tough because I feel like Michael Thomas is just such like a – standard not exciting name to <laughs> <laughs> come up with something with him but maybe there'll be um somebody else that ends up on my team with a little bit more of a fun name that i can play with like maybe lamar jackson number one overall <laughs> maybe we'll um we'll keep jacob convinced that i'm gonna take him number one all right <laughs> he's probably tuned out. he told us he only listens to podcasts that are like 30 minutes or less and i think we've surpassed 30 minutes so he probably isn't listening anymore and uh, thinks that you're still taking Lamar. So we're, we're... Uh, all right, yeah, we'll we'll let him keep believing that. <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this: um, you know, we just talked about how reliable Michael Thomas is. Do you have any worries with the the contract holdout? Um, I don't like we. Um, well, like I was talking about a little bit in the group me earlier. I think I think every holdout situation is different. I think his. We'll see how it plays out, but I think his is a little bit more. That's just the way guys negotiate these days in the NFL. Um, I don't know. I feel like the Saints will be super motivated to sign him, and I think he'll be super motivated to get back on the field as well. Just yeah, kind of the way he seems to be in his personality, I feel like he definitely cares about winning and has to be hungry to win a Super Bowl. So I feel like it's one of those things where they're just in negotiations right now and they'll get it figured out. Um it might not be a thing by this time next week, so we'll see. Yeah. I'll just keep an eye on it, but I'm not. I would put my concern meter at like maybe ten percent right now. Wow, so yeah. a lot of faith. I like that. I wish I had that faith. I don't even think I have like that little worry in Christian McCaffrey, and he doesn't even have contract <laughs> on the horizon. So, yeah, I'm, unfortunately, I feel like that's the nature of we're moving to more and more guys holding out. That's like. That precedent has kind of been set now, but I'm not super worried about his as of now. Well, as it if it keeps going and going, I'll get more and more worried, but hopefully it won't be a thing. I'll see if you're shaking your boots. <laughs> All right. Um uh so yeah, we covered the 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 keeper decision, just your thoughts on it and, yep. and angles. Um now it, this is always tough. We, we wanna like, you know, get a get a view inside your mind, but of course we don't wanna, you know, tell everybody your strategy and every gory detail. But but without, you know, being too forward, do you have any keys to success in this draft or this season that you could share with us? Uh yeah, I saw that. I know I was thinking the same thing when I saw that on there. I was like, man, I don't want to tell him, but um, 
I mean, at this exactly point, that's what you're gonna do in the first round and in the second round and the third <laughs> round, so I can prepare for my draft strategy, please. I mean, at this point, everyone in our league is so smart, and everyone thinks for themselves, anyways. So, like, just because people hear how I think, I don't think it's gonna change how they approach the draft that much. Right. Yeah. But I think, like, one of the most important things when you're drafting is to just like. Um, I guess stay fluid and I always tend to not go in with a ton of strategy and just plan on taking um, the best players that fall to me and you know you could be because I tend to always like to be running back heavy but like honestly if some great receivers fall to me and I don't like the running backs where I'm drafting then I'll just take receivers or Mm -hmm. um, I tend to um definitely fall in the camp of taking a later quarterback but shoot if like Patrick Mahomes came back to me on that turn of the second third round like I'm probably not going to turn him down there so (laughs) right I think I think it just depends so much on how the draft goes and like where people fall um it can definitely so just not being totally stuck on what guys you want where and just rolling with how it plays out I think is the best way to go and then one other thing I think is important is just like if you have guys you like or um, guys you really don't want to miss out on, just taking them where you need to take them to make sure you get them and not being so focused in on rankings that you miss out on guys you really wanted because you're afraid you're taking them too early. Yeah. yeah and man. same with like, um, I mean, we joke about Jacob Morrison, Lamar, but like if there's a guy you want on your team that bad, like, Fantasy football is as much about having fun as anything. And, like, if that's going to make your team, like, that much more fun to watch and you're going to love your team because of that, then, like, go after that guy. Or the same with, like, drafting stacks. Like, I think of, Jake, your team last year with uh, Kelsey and Mahomes. I mean, I feel like that was the identity of your team and, like, made your team so much fun because you had that stack. So, yeah, different things like that, too, I think are – um, yeah, that, that that's well, super important. I, I think that's like really smart. And 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 honestly, like that that takes me back to a point. You know, two drafts ago, like I can remember watching my draft philosophy change before my eyes, yeah. mostly because I I drafted literally the shittiest team in the history <laughs> of Sunday's finest. But also because I remember watching Madison Ladder literally jump out of his seat and almost hit the ceiling because he was so excited to draft Tyreek Hill. And he yeah. drafted him probably, you know, a round and a half earlier than all listed, but like he had a great season. And on top of yep. that, like Madison wanted him and was happy he got him. And like, that yep. was where I was like, you know what? You got to go out and get the guys you want. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I yeah. totally agree. And yep. you know, whether it works out or not, at least you were like, drafting guys you truly believed in rather than just like completely having faith in somebody else's rankings or like something else like i think you're always better off going out and getting the guys that you believe in yeah i i last year going to the draft ryan and i were really hoping for either mixon or jarek mckinnon and they both (laughs) way before us and we were like crap we like just hadn't even thought about the scenario that it would go exactly how it went and we end up taking Travis Kelsey and not loving that and then Ryan ends up drafting Patrick Mahomes with the last second to last pick of the draft or something like that simply because we had Kelsey and he was like well if Mahomes becomes anything they'll pair they will pair well together and that like you mentioned became the whole shape of our team so yeah yeah you you can't let those things sway you it's never going to go exactly as you planned and uh yeah, man, it's a it's a great point. Yep. Good stuff. good thoughts. Um, so so um, moving on. Also, well, do you have any other thoughts on just the draft and the way that you're going to approach it, or things that have worked for you in the past, or what? Um, I guess. I mean, the good thing about me drafting number one overall is I can kind of let you all into at least what I'm thinking about with that pick, and it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I'm going to take who I'm going to take there, no matter what. Um. So looking at now that keepers have kind of been announced, I'm kind of looking at um, the two guys I'm deciding between mainly, unless something changes big time, would be either Le'Veon Bell, obviously, or um, Travis Kelsey was the other one I was actually really considering. Mm, Um, And when it comes down to me, 
Um, I think in a vacuum, I would probably think Travis Kelsey is the better player, like the better um, just like overall pick there. But running backs are just so hard to come by, especially in our league that I don't know. I'm leaning leaning towards taking Le'Veon right now, but I mm-hmm. I don't know. Still, we've got what about a month till the draft, so a lot. Yeah, still you. a month, a lot of time. Yeah, man. Yeah. I we'll get you though. Kind of what I'm thinking right now. I get you. Uh, I, I <laughs> I'm debating the same thing, knowing that you're 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 very likely to to choose one of those guys. And something yep. I'd love to ask you before we move on is uh, Mason and I were discussing at the top of the conversation about. Um, this is one of the first years in a while where, you know, you're picking number one, Ryan and I are picking number two, Mason's picking mm-hmm. number four. We're, we're three of the top four picks. Yep. There's a lot of question marks about the guys at the top of the draft. There are. Did you yep. have any thought about sliding down the board and not picking number one? Um, I did. I did a little bit. Um, but what it came down, I still feel like there's a couple – um, really solid players towards the top, and I kind of just like the idea of still being able to, once I decided on my guy, making sure I got them. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it ends up being um, those extra couple picks. Maybe I'll, I'll end up missing out on a guy on the second round and be upset that I didn't move back, but I feel like um, it ends up being you kind of – it doesn't make a huge difference anyway. So I tried to not get too cute with it and just stuck with the number one pick. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. No, that's a good point. I definitely – it definitely did cross my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right, though. Like like you said, you know, you, you settle on a guy you want, you can take him right now. Like no yep. no worrying, no sweating that someone's going to come up and take him. So I feel like that's a big a big vote for having the number one pick. So, yeah. Yep. I don't think you can go wrong. And I mean, like, as also we've shown, right, you know, there's not a right way to pick or a right place to pick because, like, I think it was Jacob won the league, like, picking 14, and then there's yep. people who won the league picking, like, five or seven, or it's it's, it's, all, it's all over the board. Yeah, yeah I think I picked at, oh, well, I think I picked at, like, eight or nine the year I won, if I'm remembering correctly. Maybe it was a little bit earlier than that, but it was, like, kind of right towards the middle. And then you won with number one last year, right? Um, I didn't. I I think I had two or three. I was up there. I didn't have one. Though. Yeah, you were. That's right. Yeah, you were up. I had one the previous year, and that was the year that I went literally one in twelve. So, <laughs> so hopefully that's uh, not a pattern. Yeah, I had number one pick when I drafted Gurley, and I think I came mm-hmm. second to last that season, or maybe I that that was the season I came in last. Um, and Gurley screwed me over, so it, it. I think that is one issue with picking first is there is a lot of pressure on your keeper and your first yeah. pick because you have such a long wait after that that those two guys kind of do have to carry you. Totally. So definitely going to give a lot of consideration to who I end up taking at that first pick. Yeah, that's good, man. Very good. So last question we have for you, and then we'll kind of move to a bit of a, a lightning round and either or. Um, sure. How how do you anticipate um uh, marriage playing into the uh, the fantasy football decisions and also like the time and everything like that? Do you feel like it's only gonna make you you know stronger? There is a history of of people winning after they get married. So tell me how you feel about that. Um yeah, I mean there's definitely more there's motivation financially because I got like, <laughs> <laughs> to keep letting me invest this money into fantasy every year so you know if i can show that it can bring in some money then um maybe that'll give me a little bit more leeway there but um definitely hope she's on board with watching football uh three days a week uh, she's already seen plenty of that so i think she's mentally prepared for the football <laughs> season but it's funny um she definitely is not super upset when football season ends. So, <laughs> so hopefully uh, she can put up with it. And um, who knows, maybe maybe I'll just cut back to only watching my players because I usually try to watch almost every game when I can. Yeah. But I doubt it. Yeah. The girls certainly uh, certainly do put up with a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, they they're they're very way too kind to us, honestly. Um, but also, yeah, I mean, come on, shout out to to the girls that are starting their own league too. So yeah, 
you know, we'll get that off the ground and get that going. And then, I mean, maybe they'll be better at it than us in a couple of years. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, half of us still frankly, don't have this figured frankly, out. My, uh, in my marriage, uh, we did a family league uh, for the last two years, which included my dad, who's played fantasy football since before I was born. He started in the early 90s when he would literally have to get the newspaper box scores, add up the scores by hand, and then call everyone in the league and tell them who Jeez. won each game every week. So that's how long he's been doing. <laughs> Literally, when I was born, uh, Dan Marino was playing on Monday Night Football, and he told me that he was trying to sneak out of the room to see how Dan Marino was doing on Monday Night Football while my mom was giving birth to me. So <laughs> the guy's pretty intense about his fantasy football. That's and awesome. He, he, <laughs> lost to, he lost to my wife, Madison, uh, in her first season doing fantasy football in the championship. So... Um, I have no trophies to my name, and Madison has one in two seasons. So, honestly, Ryan might want to merge uh, and be a co-owner with Madison <laughs> if, I don't, if I don't start bringing home some hardware. So, we'll see. Very good. Um, okay, yeah. So, now we're going we're gonna to move to the lightning round, something we're, we're hoping to do with all of our guests. We'll give you just some either-ors, and then off the top of your head, you know, three seconds, five seconds max, Give us your pick, whatever angle you want, whatever way you're taking, whatever you give us your pick, and then we'll move on to the next one. I've got a handful, and then I think Jake has some too. Yeah. Uh, Mason, maybe we'll go one. I'll do one. You do one. I'll do one. You do one. So there'll be some football ones and some just life questions. Jake Davis, does that sound all right? Very good. I like that. Very good. All right. right. I'll start us off. You ready? Ready. All right. Todd Gurley or Michael Thomas? Michael Thomas now. Oh, too hot? Would you rather be too hot or too cold? Too cold. Zero RB or all RB? All RB. Taco Bell or McDonald's? Taco Bell. Yeah, that's the right pick. Um, Quarterback early or late? Late. Like that. Qdoba or Chipotle? Ooh, Chipotle. Ooh. Just barely. That's like a tough, that was the toughest one so far. Queso, yeah. queso aside, it's Chipotle for sure. But yep. queso just makes it like so even. Yep, yeah. I would agree with that. Um, running back or wide receiver? Uh, running back. Deep dish or thin crust pizza? Thin. Mm. That's hot. Okay. Um, Is that? Kickers? Is that hot? I hate kickers. <laughs> Wait, what was that one? Sorry. Sorry, sorry. Love kickers or hate kickers? Hey, kickers. Uh, back to our pizza question before we move on. Yeah. Um, I think, dude, I thought like, oh, deep just for sure. But now that you said that, I'm just thinking like like a really good thin crust that has like a good cheese and topping ratio can be yeah. pretty amazing. So I'm oh talking like when I say thin crust, I think of like New York style. Like Yes, yes. So that's like my favorite pizza. Yeah. Thin, oh, like thin, thin crust is is trash. Like yeah, I'm, I'm not talking, talking like cracker. Thin. I'm talking like New York stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I be too I, too much sometimes. I agree. I love you all both dearly, and you're very good friends. But I would literally bury a Bowie knife in your chest for some thin <laughs> crust pizza right now. Dude, we have a New York style pizza place within walking distance of our apartment now. Mm-hmm. Um. Old school New York pizza over here off Lagrange. That's dangerous. Like, yeah, I. It's like such a test of my will to not just go there all the time, especially when they have like slices for two fifty. Dangerous, man. Dangerous. All right, moving on. Would you vacation at the beach or in the mountains? Beach. All right, spread offense or pro style offense. Oh, I guess pro style. Okay, okay. Do you prefer fall or spring? Fall. Football, man. Yeah, <laughs> heck yeah, heck right. yeah. Um, you want to take Patriots or the field? Field. All right. Suck Port- on that, Ryan. Yeah, yeah Ryan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, do you prefer Porsche or Ferrari or a hot take of your choice? Um... Hot take, any truck. Oh, okay. Right here. <laughs> That's literally my dream car is just like a nice solid truck. Mm. All right. <laughs> That's the Kentucky boy. All right. 
All right, Mahomes or the field? I'm going to go the field this year. Mm. All right. And I still think Mahomes will have a great year, but I think somebody's going to get him. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, like, he could be QB2, and that's still... Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, he could regress and still have an amazing year. That's 100%. just how good of a year he had l- last year. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Spotify or Apple Music? Spotify. Nice. All right, this is my last one for you. Uh, right. Steph will like this one. It's a very telling question. Uh, Browns in the playoffs this year, yes or no? Yes. Oh. I think, I think yes, first-round loss for this year. Okay. Yep. But I think they've just got so much talent. I think they'll make it happen. And I believe in Baker. I think that's the key. Yeah, I agree. I, I could see them following a similar path as the Rams where they make it. Um, I could even see him winning the division, hosting in the first round. But I think I agree with you, man. First round exit, and then next year, uh, yeah, contender status. Yep, I think it's experience more. This they just don't like. They don't have experience winning still, but I think they've definitely got the talent. And then after one more year, I think they'll definitely be serious contenders next year. Yeah, man, for sure. Okay, now uh, I'm actually going to scratch the final question I have and ask. A very important question. This is going to be a question that is asked to every guest on Sunday's Finest Podcast. All right. What, in your opinion, is the best style of fried potato? Okay. Mm. I'm going to give you nine options. I need you to give me, <laughs> let's give, give me your top two. Your top two, okay? Okay. Waffle fries. Okay. Tater tots. Standard cut, think like just like the regular French fry, okay? Okay. Curly fries, shoestring fries, like steak and shake. Yep. Crinkle cut, steak fries, potato wedges, and smiley fries from <laughs> Cal Cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go... My number one is just the standard cut, like, I'm thinking, like, Five Guys Fries or, like, something like that are, like, my favorite. And then number two, I'll go Waffle Fries, like, Chick-fil-A Waffle Fries. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Really good top two. The standard cut is is where the debate, I think, really comes in strong, because I think for some, it's like, that is the superior fry, it's the best, and for others, it's like... Well, that one is just kind of like bland, like do something more with it. But I, I respect that take. I respect yeah. that take, man. Um, we'll, we'll see what the rest of the league has to, has to say about their potato preferences. But uh, yeah, man, Jake Davis, thank you so much. Uh, excited to go head to head with you this year in the, uh, the in and out bowl. Um, I, oh, think, yeah. I think that uh, <laughs> I think there needs to be something at, Something on the line between uh, you, Jake, uh, Jacob Morris, myself, and Chase. Uh, like whoever comes in last yeah. to buy a burger uh, for the <laughs> okay. one who, who comes in first out of the four of our teams. The battle of the burgers. I think we can work that out. All right. I have, I have one question for Mason. Yeah, go. Are we going to put um, Chase and Jacob Morris in the rivalry week this week? <laughs> I think no, they're making like a strong that. case for it. Yeah. I don't know. I I also kind of. I mean, I I will we'll 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 toy with that one. I like that. But also, <laughs> one of my favorite things is just watching Chase and Andrew go at it. Yeah, they have they have a long history. Theirs is definitely a more storied rivalry. That's yeah. right. Jacob and Chase is a new thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. Thanks, Thanks for coming on the pod. Really enjoyed having you. Good thoughts, good insights. Um, yeah, just really enjoyed it. I uh, hope the season goes well for you, but not too well. Yeah, <laughs> I hear you. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, uh, man, absolutely. All right, so that's it for our first podcast here. Thanks for listening, gents, and hopefully some ladies too. Um, it's been fun, Jake. Yeah, man. I I, I want to before we. Close out, I just want to give a special special shout-out to Mr. Connor Paws and Madison Ladder, who started the Sunday's Finest podcast, got this thing cooking, and um, congrats to both, both of them who are getting married this year, uh, an awesome new chapter in each of their lives, and we're grateful for their contribution to the league, to the podcast, and we're uh, 
we're excited and, and grateful to, for the chance to take the baton and keep running with it. Yeah, for sure. And there's, I mean, there's a lot of kinks to be worked out, you know, we got to figure out how to edit. We got to, you know, figure out just the best way, like that audio media is recorded. I got to stop trying to sound like Anchorman when we're podcasting and just like <laughs> actually talk like a normal human. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it'll take some time. So bear with us. We'll, we'll solicit feedback and stuff, but yeah, super excited about it. Yep. All right, boys with that. We will uh, let the uh, official Sunday's Finest theme song for the pod take us home. Peace out.